When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You would say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. Oh, I'm Lindsay Weber. And you are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with this really good comment because it's sort of breaking news. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I just wanted to let you know, uh, first of all, amazing show in Chicago last night. I uh, thought you might enjoy knowing that the um, security guard... Uh, who was standing uh, to the left of the stage, if you're in the audience, I guess it was to your right, uh, was really enjoying your show, um, chuckling, and, like, it just it really made it more fun for me to see him enjoying it. Um, and I also just want to point out, he was totally doing his job, and, like, scanning the audience and making sure everyone's safe, but also totally enjoying the show. It was amazing. All right, love you. If the security guards love it, you'll love it. Buy tickets. I noticed that when we were leaving Chicago, we were walking really like, because there was like, a, you had to walk like around for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it's just LOL. Like you had to walk through. And I remember that from last time too. I love Park West. And I remember those security guards kind of giving us this look like, didn't think you had it in yet. Or like <laughs> some kind of like, wasn't sure this one was going to be anything at all. Or yeah. like, I've seen podcasts <laughs> before, but like you guys really like did something You different. did something. And it was cute. It was like very, fl- I felt, I was flattered. Like it's a very nice like, venue. It's a very loving yeah. venue. It was a very loving venue. Very Shout positive out to Park West. space. Chicago. I love, I, I will say all around great vibes at the Park West. Great vibes. And if you want to buy tickets to the rest of our live shows, we're going to be in Boston. We're going to be in LA, Vancouver, Toronto, and New York one more time. And San Francisco. San Francisco sold out. Boy, do we have good surprises for the New York show. Oh, oh. <laughs> at least two surprises. There's two surprises. If you have tickets to our New York show on a Thursday night, clear your schedule for Friday. One, first of all. Mm-hmm. Two, babysitter, hire them. They're sleeping over. Yeah. <laughs> hire them. <laughs> They're sleeping over. <laughs> They're staying late. <laughs> Let's listen to some more comments. Oh, wait. There's this breaking news. Lifehacker wrote about the 12 podcasts with the best listener communities. And guess what? We're on the list because of you. Because of you. Because of the hooligans. It's true. We really don't have a, a kind of say or really kind of control over our podcast community. So no. I am flattered by this because it's not really something that we can control, <laughs> which does make me ang- – that does give me anxiety. So I do feel very grateful that the community is good. I like that this person, uh, Lauren Passell, explained what Crunch Crunch is in this because a lot of people just like refuse to – Look it up. <laughs> no, it's good. And the and and Lifehacker's excellent SEO will now maybe direct confused people to this uh, explanation of Crunch Crunch. Yeah, I don't yeah. really like um, explaining bad inside jokes <laughs> as a rule. It's like explaining any kind of meme. People called in and they were like, "Can you explain the Kevin James meme?" And I'm like, "I don't know that I can do that." I just also think that like 
memes are not meant to be explained. Like you either experience it or you don't. And it's yeah. like, I'm not going to explain it to you unless there's some sort of kind of, you need me to, let's say you can't see it and you want me to describe yeah. it to you. Something like that I'm happy to do, but I am more, I'm so like, I don't need to explain why it's funny. And if you don't think it's funny, then like, I can't help you. Which yeah. is how I feel about this podcast, which I think is a healthy way to think about comedy. Yeah. <laughs> don't call it comedy. Don't call it comedy. You know, I don't like it when you okay. call the podcast comedy. I know, but people are out here and they be laughing. They do be laughing, but this is not comedy. This is this is a celebrity media studies podcast. God, it's like you want no one to listen to it. This is a celebrity media podcast. This is a celebrities okay. and media studies podcast. School podcast. You saying that memes cannot be explained, they need to be experienced is very true. It made, It makes me think like, if you don't understand a meme, if you're not there for it, a sign of growth, a sign of maturity is saying, you know what? I missed the meme boat and it's fine. And I don't need it explained to me because I'll catch another one. I'll catch the next one. It's true. Because there's always the next one. Unless, of course, it's the last one of the day. And then you're kind of shit out of luck. Remember the really short-lived meme from last week or two weeks ago? The cake? Remember the cake? That cake? Yeah, she was and everywhere. I, yeah, she was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And now, no, if you weren't there, you missed the cake? And you know what? what we was, had a good time with the cake. What was the cake? Oh, with the sprinkles that said job. See, I just explained it, but like, did I explain it? Also, there, currently, there's a Kevin James meme, apparently. Yeah. I haven't come across it. No, I mean, I have, but I didn't really like, I wasn't there from the start. I mean, I see that there's like the good, some very good journalists are out here trying to explain the the Kevin James meme to their readership, which I think is fine. And it's the job. It's servicey. I get it. But I just feel like that sort of work is futile. Explaining who celebrities are, though, Either. that's essential. <laughs> and it's a public service and should be funded by the government. Exactly. Exactly. We should be funded by the NEA or something. <gasps> oh, the NEA. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Go. Dear apply NEA. For some let's start. Timmy, you want to apply for some grants? If you have some leftover Timmy. funds from PBS. Any, exper <laughs> any experience in grant writing? No. <laughs> we are not talking about this anymore. No, we're not. We're going to play another call. Hey, Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy, uh, long time, long time. Your discussion about host sexting reminded me that I had a little tryst in 2016-17 with an Israeli pop star. And in the middle of our tryst, he joined the X Factor Israel as a judge. And whenever he joined, he would give me directions and feedback on our sexy Skypes as like what angles to use, what lights to turn on. He would get real specific and be like, oh, you should change this, do this. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Da, da, da. So it wasn't quite the sexting that changed, but I definitely got some X Factor Israeli judge comments that I still use to this day. I don't get what he's talking about. This is because we were talking about Mario Lopez and Jeannie Mai texting each other as hosts. What a sexy sexting thing would be like from a host. This person actually started treating the sexting in a more judge-like manner when they got the job as a judge on The X Factor. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, maybe I just like couldn't really hear the call through the phone. Sorry. And I just don't. I don't care about finding out who this X Factor is real judge is. Doesn't matter to me. If you want to do it, that's up to you. We, I don't think it even we would even have the context. As you know, no. every country has their own famous host that we aren't privy to. And I think mm -hmm. that that's beautiful. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it's beautiful too. I'm serious. I really think that's like one of the best parts of international culture is they have all these hosts and like we don't know them, <laughs> but they're extremely famous. It's like Maya Jama, but like that mm -hmm. obviously is 
more accessible because it's UK and we watch Love Island. But I do think like other countries, like you watch like X Factor Israel and it's like you're not going to know half the judges. Mm -hmm. The only like Israeli pop person I know at all is probably Netta, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) And um, Dana International. Oh, Dana International. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of your faves, I know. Hi, Hi, Weekly. Listening to the Tuesday episode and I had to pause the pod. It's pronounced Levert. It's Gerald Levert, not Levert. We got a call about this and a tweet about this. We actually got a few calls about this, but one tweet. And it got me thinking, Levert, Gerald Levert, the the Levert family dynasty, right? Levert. Yeah. I fucked that up. This made me think, though, a new acronym in the Who Weekly lexicon, Uh which which made me laugh thinking about it last night when this, this call came in. If people, let's say, reach out to the show broadly, I'd say nine times out of ten they call in. Maybe once out of ten they tweet, fewer than once out of ten they send an email. Okay, what what, what do you... Sometimes what... topics get calls, tweets, and emails. Okay. When a topic gets a call, tweet, and an email, you know it's really, really like it's hit the next level. It's like everyone's talking about it. This is your Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner sort of stuff. Yeah. It made me laugh that the acronym for that is CTE. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you mean when we get a call, tweet, and an email, it's like, it's giving CTE Everyone's brains are broken. Or... Yes. It's like, it's a who emergency to the extent that we have started breaking that's brains. That's funny. No, that's funny. Um, Most exciting news just hit my Insta feed. G-Flip, live in concert. In Brooklyn, Friday, October 2nd. I don't know. Seems like a perfect time for you guys to go and see G-Flip live. Maybe Chriselle will be there, front row, at $3 bill in Brooklyn. I did look up tickets. $25 with a $5 processing fee. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit overpriced. I don't. I don't really know what kind of music G Flip makes. Um, but maybe you guys can go and report back on what kind of music they make. But you know, the quote says in the Insta caption, "New York!" Exclamation point. I'm so stoked to be playing, and after partying at three dollar bill on October sixth, grab your ticks and let's party. <laughs> Okay, crunch, crunch. Unfortunately, I looked this up. It's Friday, October 6th. Um, you got the date wrong. We'll be in Boston. Unfortunately, we can't go see G Flip no! at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. <laughs> we would have gone, too. We would have gone. gone. No, we would have gone. gone. Absolutely no, would not have gone. We would have gone. Absolutely would have not gone. No, we would have gone. Absolutely would have not gone. Absolutely would have not gone. Absolutely would have not gone. A friend of the pod went to see G Flip and it seemed like they were having a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I th- I was seeing and Chriselle was there and I think and that's Chriselle the greatest was thrill. Mm-hmm. I think what's so nice it's like Chriselle is authentically at their beloved G Flips concerts like just naturally because they love G Flip and like they love to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's not even like it's not even like that's part of the. It's like hopefully they you know they they feel like they have to be there because they're kind of this power couple. Mm-hmm. It's like no, they're actually there and they're like G Flip's number one fan and they're like whenever anyone takes photos of them, they're having so much fun. They're like rocking out. I mean, Chriselle mm-hmm. is rocking. Like, they're rocking, like, rocking out. out. Yeah, yeah, they're She's rocking, rocking out. out. Yeah, that's definitely what Chriselle does. I just want to rock out. <laughs> right. 
I just want to rock out. Okay, yeah, but we can't go. We'll be in Boston, unfortunately. I hope the the Brooklynites who go see G Flip call in. Please call in. 619 who them. Let us know how it is. And let us know if Chriselle was there. Speaking of events we didn't get to go to. Listen, Bobby and Lindsay, I don't mean to sound threatening in this call, but if you guys do not cover the Kroger Wellness experience with the theme song, I have been waiting all year for this. I understand that there's no coverage of it, but, like, this is this is what... This is what you're here for. Like, I need Bobby to sing the Kroger Wellness Experience jingle. I don't care that it's been changed to festival. Like, I still need the music. Somebody needs to cover it. We need boots on the ground. If if they don't cover it next year, we need boots on the ground. We need Timmy there to go to the experience so we can experience the you guys, like, telling us about it. This is what I wait all year for. This and that publicist like, you know, festival at her house every year in the summer, which you did cover this year. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Weekly. Um, I know he's technically a them, but John Cena just posted he's at the Kroger Wellness Festival in, I think, Cincinnati? Yes. Uh, he said, thank you, at Kroger, for allowing me to be part of the hashtag Kroger Wellness Festival. Does this make the Kroger Wellness Festival a them? Grateful for Sharna. The Kroger Wellness Festival is absolutely not a them, nor will it ever be a them. But it's like barely a who at this point. Like, I think we elevated it to kind of who status. But I feel like this year is proving that the interest is not there as we once thought it was. Just Jared didn't even pull up to the club on this one. The local the local interest seems high because uh, someone else called in about this. Uh, biz journals or who did city beat wrote about the croaker wellness festival they sent a photographer named he's on all of the photos his maybe name city is... beat covered it but biz journals copied and pasted the press release and i know this because i read the press release so let's yeah. just skip over that you're right city beat cincinnati did take photos at the kroger wellness festival the kroger's wellness experience brian houston maybe he says houston i don't know what surprised me, the caller who said, like, John Cena's there. John Cena's there. He's a them. And I think he is a them. Cameron Diaz, also a them. Venus Williams was there, also a them. Amanda Klutz, who? Like, when I saw the lack of coverage, I kind of assumed there weren't any celebrities, that it was only Cameron Diaz. And Cameron Diaz is sort of everywhere anyway these days. So why would she be, like, notable? Why would Us Weekly go just for Cameron Diaz? But there really were a lot of celebrities here based on these photographs of the Kroger Wellness Festival. The Kroger's Wellness Experience. And there were so many lines. There seemed to be like thousands and thousands of people. Like, I don't want to leave the last time we talk about Kroger Wellness Fest 2023. The Kroger's Wellness Experience. With us saying that like we think it flopped because based on this local coverage, it seemed to have been a huge, you think it's laid? resounding success. Yeah. Okay, but like that's what they want you to think. Where was us? Where was just Jared? I mean, I know budget cuts and stuff, but like send someone to see what Chad Johnson and Amanda Klutz are doing like with the crowds. I mean, I do think that this just shows that Kroger has a lot of money <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like Kroger, Kroger's got, you know, padded pockets is, is you know, is what this is proving to me. Mm-hmm. John Cena, I don't understand what John Cena did. It looked like he was giving some sort of motivational speech. Amanda Klutz taught a workout class. Love that. Venus Williams, I think, just did like a panel with uh, something presented by Stacy's brand pita chips. Uh, and I love Stacy's brand pita chips. That's not a spawn. Cameron Diaz 
promoted her Aveline wine while discussing organic cooking. Okay, I'm so bored by this. Like, I couldn't even be more bored, even if I was there. I did want the excuse to play down at the Kroger Wellness Experience there, though. The Kroger's Wellness Experience. I think, like, the Kroger Wellness Experience should be inviting us because we seem to be the only ones interested in covering it anymore. Like, all the other traditional outlets have, have literally dropped out and... It seems to me that Who Weekly, the podcast, is kind of the only interested party. We even have a song, which I hope you will find and play. The Kroger's Wellness Experience. If there's no, if we're not being invited, it just feels very much like a lost, oppor- a missed opportunity. Who else but us? If the Cincinnati and or Ohio Tourism Board wants to fly us to the Cincinnati Kroger Wellness Experience next year, we're going. Kroger should be flying us. I'm sorry, you think this is for Cincinnati? You think Cincinnati has anything to do with this? It's Kroger's. <laughs> Kroger. If Ms. Kroger finds some extra cash in her 2024 budget, send it our way. We'll fly to Cincinnati. They do the thing where you put the chili on the spaghetti. Mm, (laughs) Bye-bye. Keep talking. I'll send your ass to Cincinnati. You can go by yourself to cover the Kroger wellness experience. I'm like, Lindsay, we have to find some Cincinnati chili. Lindsay, we have to find some Cincinnati chili. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. First time, long time. I'm calling to speak on the event of the century that I had the honor of attending, that being the Kroger Wellness Festival. I'm Lucy, and my friend Maggie is a huge super fan of your podcast, so I'm calling to honor her. But the Kroger Wellness Festival was honestly one of the greatest days of my life. It's kind of set up like Lollapalooza, and you just walk around and get free goodies and see very niche celebrities, as you know. So I went on Saturday and had the privilege of seeing quite a few. I first saw Cameron Diaz, who gave a cooking tutorial and then promoted her wine, of course. Wasn't aware of it, but she was really stunning. And then I saw John Cena, and how often do you get to say that you got to work out with John Cena? Iconic. Then I saw the Manning Brothers, and then that brings me to the show-stopping event, Flow Rida. Flow Rida gave the performance of his life. It was hit after hit after hit. He ripped off his shirt, and he entered the crowd. He brought up this, like, older woman for her birthday, and they danced together. But my special memory was when he told the crowd that he talked to Nicki Minaj earlier in the week and that she told him to give the crowd a dozen roses, and I caught one. (laughs) I think I most loved how he continuously brought up the Kroger Wellness Festival. Like, he would sing it within every song and between every song, and we were all just like, Kroger Wellness Festival! Kroger Wellness Festival. Yeah, it was iconic. And I had to share my experience. Genuinely had the best time. Crunch, crunch. How much of this same? You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of C B D, a little bit of C B distillery, that's getting me goes a long that's way. That's getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love C B distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> 
CB distilleries targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone photo that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. Ad photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I actually have a good question for the first time in my life, even though I call in often, but who are those twins that perform, that are dancers for Beyonce? Thank you. Who are those twins? I can't look at this, the name of these twins without laughing because it really is so perfect. They're French, so they're the twins in French, so les twins. <laughs> les twins. It is funny that that's kind of their nickname so like funny. by default because everyone's like, oh, French. They must be les, like, oh, les twins. They're French twins, so they're les twins. Les twins, of course, because they're French twins. They're les twins. True Beyonce heads, and not even actually true Beyonce heads, just anyone who's paid attention to Beyonce since any distance of time beyond renaissance mm-hmm. knows that these twins have been in her life for a long time i mean they, they yeah. they've been around forever like i think they call me out but i can't even remember when the first time they linked up with beyonce but i do remember from specifically the 2011 billboard awards performance where she danced with the screen which was like the first time kind of anyone did that and then like every and then she like did it a few more times but they were a big part of that performance and i remember like the discussion around 
oh, who are these like incredible dancers, essentially. Mm -hmm. So maybe actually what I'm remembering is one of the first times that they worked with her in a public sense because that Billboard Music Awards was the first time I saw them with her. So maybe it was. Like if they didn't go viral on YouTube until 2010, there's no way that she kind of found out about them until then because that's kind of how she finds out about everything. Like it, mm -hmm. she found out about them like the rest of us found out about them because they were they were finalists on a French television show called Incroyable Talent, which is like <laughs> the funniest. Incroyable Talent. Incroyable Talent. Incroyable. And then they uh, performed at the San Diego leg of 2010 World of Dance uh, Tour and they went viral. And then they won World of Dance, which was that kind of like flop. But it's I think actually, but I think that show actually had bona fides. Like I think a real, really good dancers like were on it, but just mm -hmm. people didn't really watch it, which was the J-Lo series World of Dance, yeah. which was trying to be what America's next best dance star. No, it was what, trying uh, to be like, know, like America's um, Got Talent, but just dance. Yes. Well, they have that, uh, like a best dance crew. Like there, there have been dance competition shows that have done pretty well, but I think hers mm -hmm. was just kind of a flop. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know because I've still never seen it. They were two cats in Cats. They were Plato and Socrates. Oh, yeah. I never saw Cats. No offense, but they're not like a standout in that movie. That movie is like essentially CGI. You're not like, you're not really like blown away by the dancing cats and Cats because it's all like cartoon. So you're not, yeah. it's not like, it doesn't feel real at all. So two incredibly good dancers who when you see them as people are dancing and you're like how is this real as cats it doesn't quite translate you know it's funny we've been talking about les twins as a single entity but we haven't named them they are french twins their names are laurent bourgeois and larry nicolas bourgeois they're like in their mid-30s and the reason people are calling about them now is because the renaissance world tour is like one of the biggest tours of all time obviously and everyone's taking video of everything. So it's very easy mm -hmm. to see footage from the Renaissance tour and people are simultaneously making fun of Les Twins and also praising Les Twins. Because but they're not they have like very making fun of them. They're memeing them. They're memeing them. And I guess you're right. It is, I think, largely coming out of love. And most of the clips that I have seen are ones of them dancing, doing their very specific like modern dance to Virgo's Groove. So it's sort of like two very different tones happening at the same time. But I think that that's the reason that you're seeing them more and more because this tour is just has all eyes on it. And they're a major part of the tour no matter where they go. Les Twins. Welcome to the show, Laurent and Larry Bourgeois. What I do find is interesting about these twins and kind of about anyone in the Beyonce sphere for longer than like a year is like mm -hmm. what it takes to be like a, a Beyonce confidant, a Beyonce like co-conspirator for longer than like six months to a year is like you really have to prove yourself to be like a trap door. And I do think there is something about them being French and how like they're kind of outside of the fray and they're mm -hmm. kind of like not as involved in like American culture maybe or they're like kind of less like uh, more in, on their own thing, more focused. They must be just very... Beyonce-fied like they kind of came from France like right into the Beyonce sphere they must have been like so immediately enveloped into Beyonce world that this is all they know about like American kind of performing and working in America that it works so well for like keeping her secrets and kind of mm -hmm. like keeping the whole thing like shadowed because you don't know a lot about them all of their interviews are from like very early on like there's mm -hmm. no interviews of them past kind of a certain period of time, like actually past cats. There's not mm. really interviews with them. That's true for the most part. They were just on that Laney show in Canada, The Social. They were just on it. Let me play a clip from it. What's it like? 
like being chosen by her and then to work alongside her. What is it like for Beyonce to work with less twins? Listen, you cannot be the best in the world and don't want to have the best performer in the world mm -hmm. with you. And most of the artists have a hard time to appreciate others because they don't want to be in a shadow. Mm. And believe me, I, do I have to say so? I'm, say. I'm not, I'm not going to call out names because I respect them so much. But so many artists wanted to have us with them on stage, but they're like, no, 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 they're not going to look at me. They're going to be focused on them. I can't oh. have them. That's what I fa I'm, fa I'm fascinated about with Beyonce stuff. Like, did you see recently there were photos of, I mean, there are never photos of Beyonce and her family like on vacation, right? Like, rarely, oh, yeah, unless the ones they're where kind Chris of was on there. a boat. There were ones like not on a boat. And Kris Jenner was there. And it's very much like, okay, interesting. Like when you let a specific type of person into your life, you're going to get the kind of attention they get because they essentially like call and ask for it. Mm -hmm. But if you only have people around you who you've essentially brought into the sphere and you've trained them on how to deal with attention or not how getting attention, yeah. then you'll never get, then you'll never get that because they don't even know how to receive that type of attention. I just find that interesting. Just like Beyonce and Jay-Z and Blue looking like, relaxed and normal right and like I they know. go out of their way to prevent us from seeing that i think for good reason i think beyonce separating her personal life from her professional life is like very much a like protective measure on her part but i just think it's interesting because what it teaches us again and again is that celebrities know how to not receive attention and mm -hmm. they know how to receive attention and i think people are always like oh my god they were caught by the pops it's like no, not necessarily. That's really not necessarily how it works anymore. Like that's a very rare case being caught by pops. You're kind of like either photographed or not photographed and you actually have a lot of control over whether that happens or not. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have a lot of money. Because <laughs> sometimes the way to not get photographed is to pay for an abundance of space between you and right. the public, <laughs> you know? No, exactly. No, exactly. I mean, exactly. But it's just like to me that's very – it's very apparent when it comes to like Beyonce co-conspirators, which yeah. I, I think include like twins who have now yeah. worked with her for what? Over 15 over, over years a or decade. something? Over a decade. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, I like, think that's probably the first thing that she teaches them. There's a, like, there's a video that I'll probably yeah. play a clip of where they talk about like Beyonce helped us learn English, which is a great story. Amazing. Love it. Here's how Beyonce teaches you how to learn English. No comment. Okay. Repeat, <laughs> repeat after me. No comment. Repeat after me. I don't talk to newspapers. That's probably... <laughs> How about this? You don't have to learn English because you don't have to learn you're English. You're not speaking. You know what? Don't you're not speak. learning English because you're not speaking to anyone, babes. Just dance. But I think that that's probably part that was probably part and parcel of what she taught them, which is like how to be a celebrity, how to be private, how to keep your personal lives separate from what we do on stage. And then I it's like I love that. The only thing they go viral for is it's like, wow, during Virgo's groove, they're dancing like crazy. What's the deal with them? And it's like, right. well, we don't know the deal with them because they went to the Beyonce school of PR, which means we don't know shit. We're joking a little bit. They do like dance. I was noticing they do like dance um, workshops with people. Like you can sign up and pay for them to like teach oh. you how to like pop and lock, you know? So like there are videos on YouTube of them, of their like dance meetups, workshops mm -hmm. where people come from all, I think people come from all one. over the place. You love no, to I'm not. <laughs> I'm really bad at like isolation, like which is what they do, like body isolation, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, like popping and locking. I'm really bad at that. 
I don't know if you put it in here, Timmy, but they do this thing. There's like a, there was a, some music writer wrote about like their particular style of dance and like something that they're known for is that because they are twins, because it's like people who aren't twins are obsessed with twins. They're like, oh, are they connected? Are they like, do they have mind compatibility? Can they read each other's minds? And so they have this form of dancing where it's like from Charlotte Guillaumin or something. She's like, they're so in tune. They're so in sync that when they dance together, it's not just duetting. It's like they are an extension of each other. So they kind of dance like no one else. They make freestyle look like like choreography. So they're like doing yeah. improv essentially. But like because they very they can anticipate each other's moves, they mm-hmm. in a more psychic sense, they mm-hmm. have this style that they're calling twin style, which is interesting because like, t- okay, how many twins. twins dancing are there? You know? Mm-hmm. Les twins. Les twins. Les twins. Oh, if you're listening to this now and live in, where is this? Kansas City, Missouri, you can go to a Les Twins workshop for between thirty and seventy dollars. Oh my God, go in Kansas City, Missouri, because they're doing their go workshops there. as they travel for Beyonce. That's how Very it's working. Very cool, smart. Love that. Love that. I thought that okay, would be fun. I'm going. Okay, just kidding. I'm next, not going. Next call. We skipped it during the main show. Lindsay, Bobby, to me, we must or you must discuss the Sydney Sweeney birthday party. The prom theme, all of the attendance. I just, I just have so many questions, and I hope that you guys have answers. Okay, crunch, crunch. I gotta say, no one's ever had a birthday party with less of their friends, actual friends there than Sydney <laughs> Sweeney. I know. Come on, this party I was giving. None of my out. real friends are here, right? Yeah. It's getting, I got a lot of stuff for free and I had to plan a party around all this free shit. You know what it really was giving though? Like celebrate Scott Disick's birthday with him at Club Fantastique in Saint-Tropez. <laughs> it's like, we're not like, <laughs> this is not his birthday party, but like the club night is like Scott Disick's birthday themed club and he'll right. be there, but like it's not his birthday and party. And to be clear, that's what you're not is. saying she doesn't have friends. You're saying this wasn't the They event. weren't there. This wasn't the party. <laughs> Where it's like, Sydney, I can't make it to your party at Revolve on Saturday night at Sarah on Vine in Los Angeles. I'll go to the real dinner. That won't be publicized. No, I mean, it was a Revolve-themed party, but Sydney Sweeney was like, it's my birthday. It's my prom-themed 26th birthday. And, you know, they even got page six to literally link to every single piece of clothing that she wore, which really proves the the kind of power of Revolve. Every single thing. Like, they got the press release. They wrote about the press release. So all of these brands got what they wanted. Like, everyone benefits yeah. here. Sydney gets, like, cute photos. Oh, look who came to this. Dylan Mulvaney, Anita, Camila Mendez, Nicola Peltz, Alexander all Shipp. Revolve girls. Oh, yeah. This party is actually not that interesting because it's just Spawn. That's all it is. And the reason that you're looking at this being like, explain this to me. Why is this so weird? It's because we typically don't see people on this level having parties like this. Lindsay mentioning Scott Disick is perfect because like Sydney Sweeney is still, I think, a who. She's almost a them. I think if if the studios have their way, if her agents have their way, she will be a them very soon. But it's like there's not much more time for her to be able to do stuff like this. I don't think. Oh, my God. Now that the strike is over, maybe we can do Spawn for her new rom-com coming out with uh, Glenn. Glenn, well, what's the his SAG name? strike isn't over. Oh, okay. When the SAG strike is over, which I think it will be soon. I have faith. Yeah. Then maybe we can do Spawn for her movie or rom-com with, what's his face? Glenn. With Glenn. With Glenn. I think what's that his last this... name? Powell. Glenn. Powell. 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 Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if stuff is already getting scheduled in like 
a month or so based on the assumption that it will end in the next like week. No, like, I I'm, agree. People seem very optimistic about the actor strike ending soon. And I'm sure people are already putting stuff on the schedule. Yeah. I don't want to make any um, actual predictions about that. But I just I was just making a joke. So, yeah, that's another element of this. She can't go out here doing other stuff. May as well do this. Well, that's the thing is like we I do think we've get, we've. We've now – it's very easy to forget that actors aren't promoting stuff because they're mm-hmm. still promoting stuff. It's just different types of stuff. They're just at the Gucci and party. They're at the Prada party, you know? <laughs> luckily for them, Fashion Week happened kind of in the midst of oh, their strike. Right. I'm serious. Well, if you strike long enough, Fashion Week is going to happen. <laughs> well, what's so – because it happens like 40 times It happens a year. all the time. <laughs> in like every city ever, there's always a Fashion Week happening. It's so true. I'm glad it's almost over. Congrats to all of them. Hi, Who Weekly. Um – I'm begging you to talk about America Ferreira. I'm going to keep calling you every single week until you do, um, or at least until her big event um, is over. I believe it's in October. Her big event is that she is the keynote speaker for BBCon, um, which is Black Bod Con Convention. Um, and what is Black Bod? It is a fundraising donor database software system. Um, so they do like Razor's Edge and NXT, which are like the, probably the most prominent fundraising database software systems. Um, and I got an email from them through work because I do fundraising, um, that was like, sign up for BBCon so you can see America Ferreira be our keynote speaker. And I just really want to know what she's doing there. Can you explain this? Talk, talk about it. Please. Okay, caller, you've called in so many times. She's a them. She's a them. So actually, this is not a topic that we should be covering. I mean, do you think that doing a keynote at a conference is hooey? At this point, no, I don't think so at all. No, but it did make me think of something that we haven't really discussed on the show yet, which is speaker agencies <laughs> we have done we have discussed this on the show but sure we've talked about kepler speakers not specifically this company but we've definitely talked about speaker agencies for but for sure well i was scrolling through kepler speakers which is the agency that america ferrera uses to get speaking engagements and they have varying degrees of information on these websites like america ferrera they list her fee but they don't list what her speech topics are so her fee is over a hundred thousand dollars that's the cap it could be it could be a million dollars it could be $300,000, it could be $101,000 or whatever. But they don't say her speaker topics. Rachel Lindsay of The Bachelor doesn't give her fee, but it says what her speech topic is. So you know that whenever you call her and say, I want her to give a speech, the topic that she speaks on is more than a bachelorette. Her talk will motivate and energize your students to similarly blaze their own rewarding personal and professional trails. So I was looking through other people in this agency, and I pulled out some fun ones, I think. Pauline Chalamet, her fee range is between $30,000 and $50,000. This is kind of the like big boy version of Cameo, right? Yeah. Like this yes. is kind of this is kind of like the, you know, you're a you're a big you're a small business, you're a big business, you want to you want to do an exciting event, you mm-hmm. want to get a keynote speaker to inspire to rally the squad, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And this is kind of where you go to like look through the options. Mm-hmm. It is Funny to me that you would possibly maybe request Pauline Chalamet. No offense <laughs> to Pauline Chalamet. I think she's like talented. I've I liked sex lives of college girls, but what top you know, like Well, she has her topics here. Okay, can you name them for me? Her topics are summarized in one sentence. Some of them have like bullet points where it's like 
like we'll get to them, but some of them have like, these are the three options you can choose from. This one says, the star of Mindy Kaling's original HBO Max comedy, The Sex Lives of College Girls, discusses her career, creativity, and life. So <laughs> you could pay between $30,000 and $50,000 to your Pauline Chell may talk about her career, creativity, and life. Barbara Corcoran costs over a hundred grand and she has three topics that are possibilities for when you hire her. Barbara's rags to riches story, how to lead your team to greatness, and how to build a business using innovation, branding, leadership, and guts. Okay? Mm-hmm. 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 Lisa Ling is between $50,000 and $75,000. Her keynote speech is about open heart, open mind. She discusses her own career path in her explanation of how journalism plays an important role in the world around us. Okay? Todrick Hall didn't reveal what his fee is, but he says that his speech is going to be about inspiring audiences to believe that they can accomplish anything when they take control of their destinies. Okay. Todrick Hall, I do, I do envision lots of places that Todrick Hall could be the keynote speaker, I have to say, oh, yeah. versus Pauline Chalamet. You know, mm-hmm. despite them being very different stars, I, I I could see Todrick Hall. I could see that. I could see that. Well, he has a career that has actual bullet points, you know, and exactly. he's an He's kind of a 360 entertainer. And he's cross-platform. Then we have mm, yes, Captain Sandy Yawn, who I've I've never watched Below Deck, but I know people are obsessed with Captain Sandy from Below Deck. All of her speech topics are puns, but she doesn't give her free range. I'm sure she charges a boatload, pun intended. Navigating troubled waters and changing times. Servant leadership lessons from Captain Sandy. Also, charting your own course, despite the obstacles. And finally, port of call. Teamwork lessons from the high seas. And then the last one that I saw that seemed very hooey was Jackie Cruz from Orange is the New Black. She was Flaka. And she also uses a pun but doesn't reveal what her fee is, which is cruising through adversity, which is about her story from I love that. Going from NYC to like Hollywood. I do think that being a like boat captain who's on reality TV is actually lending yourself to more of an inspiring speech oh, and more yeah. places for you to do. Because mm-hmm. you have like more world, you have like more real life experience and you're a personality that can like talk on stage. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing is like having that real life experience that people can quote relate to, being on TV and also being a charismatic person. Like that's actually the hardest part. A lot of these people don't necessarily have the kind of like, mm, no offense, Pauline Chalamet, <laughs> real life experiences to kind of back up the, yeah. you know, I don't even know if America Ferreira does. Like, well, you know she's what a I good think? actress. You know what I think? <laughs> she grew up I on think, screen, yeah. I think Barbie is going to make America Ferreira an even more oh, in-demand oh my God. keynote speaker. After that, after she gets the monologue in that movie, they're going to want oh her at every business event. I feel like she's gonna. she could be paid to just do that monologue around town. To inspire the girlies to snap out of their, uh, you know, patriarchal, uh, heteronormative fugue state. <laughs> she will raise her fee to like two hundred thousand dollars, but then of course she has to give Greta Gerwig a cut of that every time she performs the monologue. Of course, of course, for a business event. Yes. yes, of course. That's quite an income stream. Just show up and do the monologue. Just come and do the speech, America. Come and do the speech. You know, there's some like extremely rich family that's about to have like a bat mitzvah and they're going to pay America Ferrer a million dollars to perform the Barbie speech and then be like, thank you. Bye. <laughs> and it will bring the house down. And now coming to the stage, Jason Derulo. It'll be like, you know, they'll follow it up with like a more traditional bar mitzvah. It'll bring the house rich down. Rich person, bar mitzvah person. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh. I agree. I agree. Sometimes you scroll through Kepler speakers and you end up being very surprised by the by the people that you see. <laughs> That's all I'll say. 
It's very funny. But also it's kind of like if you as a celebrity were asked, like, can we put you on this website without a price and see if anyone bites? You'd be like, why not? Let's see yeah. what happens. You know, because you like, oh, OK, someone wants to pay me like $100,000 to come like speak for 10 minutes for their people. Sure. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Maybe it'll be embarrassing. But you know what? Maybe. We've all been there. But you know what? It won't be on camera. They don't let you film it, these yeah, things. You know what? It won't be. Exactly. Exactly. And if they are filmed, they're filmed. If they are filmed, they're filmed by like the talent or the agency so that they can put the example on the website. The biggest win of this for a celebrity is that it's not actually like publicized ostensibly because it's just for the people that work there. It's like just for them. Like that's. And that's what the thing with like these like like a bar mitzvah performance, which I gave as an example. Really, mm-hmm. unless somebody films and posts it, which like sure maybe they will, and maybe it'll go briefly viral or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. it's not actually like a televised performance. It's just like it really is kind of more of a a live experience, a one on one or one on fifty or whoever whoever's there. But also, I think it's you know it's like musicians, for example are not making money off streaming music anymore. So what are they doing? They're doing all of these other secret little things that you never hear about, which is like yeah. how they make money. Like they're holding a Samsung. They're just, but they're also going to the Samsung global summit in, you know, the Sahara desert and Sahara performing desert, on a small yeah. stage mm-hmm. for, you know, all of the employees there. And mm-hmm. like, you don't know about that, but they're doing that. Yeah. And they're making a million dollars for one hour, you know, like that's, but it's, tr- but that's it. It makes me think of those early seasons of Kardashians when Caitlyn's whole job was running the speaker circuit. That's all she did. She went around the country like giving speeches and made a ton of money doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure agents love this shit for their clients. This is such easy money for everyone involved. Well, that's it's true like, also. Prep your little speech once and then you give the same one whether you're speaking to like Cisco Systems or like Julio Salsa. Wherever you go, you're giving the exact same speech. Right. And you know, like, Todrick calls agents one of the happiest in the biz because guess who mm-hmm. will, like, do a lot of these opportunities that Todrick, that is Todrick Hall set up for? Him, Todrick Hall. He'll go. He'll do it. You know? Jody Sweeten, speech topic, a young star's road to recovery. I'm sure she makes so much money and we never see Inspiring. boo about it. Inspiring. Yeah. Inspiring. Inspiring. Damon John does it too. What do you think Damon John's speech is? entrepreneurship fundamentals for success in business and life he's cheaper than barbara <laughs> he's twenty five thousand dollars cheaper than barbara rude i think they're all equal the only mr wonderfuls no Lori. Lori. Lori should be a fire sale <laughs> Lori should be the cheapest wait who's the cheap who's the cheapest damon so we got damon here between 75 and 100 and then okay. we got barbara over a hundred thousand let's course, see if mr obviously. wonderful is on it Related I'm speakers. sure he is. Barbara, Lori Grenier. Let's see, Lori. Lori Grenier isn't on it. Kevin O'Leary is. Kevin O'Leary, he doesn't reveal what his cost is. Mm-hmm. Okay, classic. Robert Herjavec also doesn't reveal his fee. Um, mm-hmm. But his speech topics are put Come Robert here. in the hot seat. Oh, where he just does Q&As with your team. He does the will to win which is anyone can succeed as long as they're willing to take chances, and fast forward and focused. Bobby, what would your topics be if you were on a speaker a speaker list? I knew you were going to ask this, and I should have prepared something. My topics, my topics would be... I can think of some. I don't know, how to start a podcast. I don't, I don't know. Okay, I would... One year, one of these could be like, like battling hypochondria like post-COVID. Battling hypochondria post-COVID. Well, I don't have any answers to that. It's still happening. 
No, I think you I'm would. still canceling No, plans. I think you would have some <laughs> tips and tricks. I think you would have some tips and tricks. Um, I really don't know. And this is actually a subject that... Uh... <laughs> no, I don't know what? what my expertise is. No, I don't know. No harder question than someone saying, what are you good at? That puts you into an existential spiral. <laughs> well, not like, I, I'm thinking more like on a comedy level, not like how to write a novel or like how to have a podcast. I'm thinking more of like yeah. the obscure, kind of the obscure talents, like as, you know, to make this a little bit more entertaining. Like here's one, holding a grudge against like a real life cooking personality, like, but also Don't. enjoying their food or something. Don't. Like it would be like that. Like fictional grudges, like, it would be like it'd be like grappling with the abundance of cooking personalities. A healthy approach to ho- grudge holding. <laughs> no, like it, it would be like it would be like standing cooking personalities in our modern era, like and and enjoying the food that they make. Like how to you know that type of that type of rant. how to scroll through Instagram without absolutely losing your mind. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. How to scroll through Instagram without losing all faith in yourself and everyone you know. Okay, I would hire you for my conference. Thank you. What would yours be? Your Kepler speaker Oh my topic. God. I don't know. Let's see. What would it be? It would be like, it would be like, fight your inner like Jewish know-it-all tendency. Like fighting your God-given know-it-all Jewish tendencies. Like being like... <laughs> be like that packed house a packed house it would be like Everyone's how, taking notes. how to avoid That's funny. or like or like organizing your gmail inbox or something stupid like that too i know but you'd be good at that. it you'd be good at teaching us i know i know i think i would you've always been good at like helping people find jobs Oh yeah, I'd be, it'd be like job hunting for friends. Job hunting's for not your job hunting for not yourself. It would be very utilitarian. It wouldn't be like following your heart and finding the job of your dreams. It'd be like how to get a fucking job now that's good and that, and that you'll be pretty happy with. You're very good at that. I could help with that. How to get a decent job right now doing what you're good at. I mean, yeah, you're good at that. Thanks. I'm trying to think of other funny things about me that I could help with. I'd be, you know, but I do mm-hmm. think that we could give some really good speaker topics. Mm-hmm. Kepler speakers, if you need another client, we're in. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and it looks like Angelica Ross is tweeting a lot of drama uh, about stuff maybe going on with American Horror Story and other things. Ryan Murphy, et cetera. Not really sure exactly what's going on, but would love for you to break it down for me and help me understand. Um, okay. Goodbye. Me uh, in big jeans on the Dorito stage. Crunch, crunch. Angelica Ross would be a really good Kepler speaker. <laughs> I'll say that much. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? I mean, she doesn't even, Kepler doesn't even need her. She's like beyond Kepler. She's already like out here like doing speaking and doing all these things. She, and what's funny is like, I have to say, because I didn't watch Pose and because I skipped American Horror Story 1984, so I hadn't heard of her. I hadn't heard of her. Pose took me a while to finally oh, watch. Oh, Pose. Pose is amazing. Yeah. Pose is really Not good. 1984, though. No, I didn't Did watch. watch. No, I didn't watch. No, I didn't watch 1984. American Horror Story and I have a very comp- complicated relationship. <laughs> yeah, same. I think everyone I think everyone our age feels that way in terms of like having loved it or like whatever. But the, I guess my point is that like this is one of those things where like I didn't watch the things that she was in, so I didn't mm-hmm. know who she was until this kind of like drama came up but 
what's funny is that it's like this is not even her main thing. Like her main thing is not acting. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, I do want to pursue performance. Like I do want to be on Broadway. I do want to do this. I do want to do that. But, but, but aside from all of that, originally she was just like kind of like a entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. she is a coder. She started like a fa- like a company called Trans Tech Social Enterprises, which is literally like made to like get more trans people to be in like the tech sphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Increasing skills for trans people in the technology industry, basically. I'm like reading off of the thing, but that's what it is. The, there's an interview in here with Juju Chang. I think it was on Good Morning America. Yeah, it must have been Juju Chang on Good Morning America, where she talks about like, I'll play a clip of it, but yeah. she talks about like, yeah, like I learned to code and also I just... I had to teach myself skills so that I would always have a good job. Trans tech honestly came out of my own need to survive. I ended up in a space where I was fired from several jobs. And honestly, technology kept me from being in the margins. What is it like being able to marry your art and your activism? What I'm trying to do is give everyone the shortcut just get great at something whatever it is from the place of success is where you your advocacy will be inevitable so my thing is all i do is have to be great at what i'm doing and when people because they want to talk to me because i'm great as they're talking to me i'm like and by the way black trans lives matter that's her whole vibe it's sort of like what i was saying about you where you're good at like honing people's skills to find the job that they want you're giving angelica ross is what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god thank you so much. that's like an honor because actually angelica ross is like way more accomplished in this like well, realm course, than yeah. i am but it's just like she was doing so much other stuff other than the acting that it was just so funny when i googled her to be like i actually don't really know who this woman is kind of embarrassed i was a little bit embarrassed her wikipedia is more focused on the other stuff than the than the film and tv stuff which is kind mm-hmm. of newer yeah you know She even has a song. You know, she has a song. She has a song. She has like a pop alter ego song. It really just shows the kind of like nicheification of celebrity in that if you didn't watch these shows you don't know who she is but you might know her as an entrepreneur from something else having maybe seen her on good morning america at one point doing an interview about her company and i don't want to say that like oh she didn't always want to become an actor or whatever like she has acted for a long time but i think she seems in every interview that she's ever done going back to like the the aughts, the mid-2010s when she started getting attention pre-pose for acting and like doing YouTube stuff. It's like her thing is like always having a sort of other iron in the fire. And it kind of reminded me of the now kind of famous story that Lily Gladstone has been telling, which is a sort of a factor of being like a marginalized actor in Hollywood where it's like you go into it with the expectation that you are going to be devalued or undervalued so you always have to say well what am i going to do if this acting thing doesn't work out what am i going to do if i get disrespected in any way and the way that lily gladstone talks about it in, in her interviews is like she was like i wanted to start working for the park service to help save the honeybees because they were getting killed by murder hornets so like i didn't think any more acting roles were going to come in so i was preparing myself to like go into like bee conservation where it seems like angelica ross has always had 
oh, there are jobs on the horizon who can't relate to that sort of thing where it's like, well, I have to have like another skill in case this one skill doesn't prove lucrative. Well, I do think a lot of people don't treat acting like that. They do. Yeah. Go, they do say like, this is what I'm doing. This is the only thing I'm good at. And also we're talking about Nepo baby conversation. Like a lot of them don't have other things that, that, yeah. that they could do as a backup. A lot of people don't have the backup, but like, yeah, you're right. So what happened? <laughs> what I think is interesting is like another reason why I think this all happens is because she has this other thing going on. So there's nothing to lose. Like mm -hmm. clapping back at Ryan Murphy is not really something that I think a lot of actors would want to do because is it worth it to kind of ruin the relationship with him like he's famously kind of like a vindictive person <laughs> like or a kind of a a personal relationships guy right like it's all about like who he knows who he's met yeah. at a party who he's yeah. come across I think that's kind of like lore at this point that it's mm -hmm. kind of like he hires people who he is familiar with right like or mm -hmm. cast people that he likes and so I do think that part of what you're saying is having this entire different, entirely different backup career in which she's successful gives you the confidence to, and aside from being just a confident person, to say like, okay, well, maybe if I never act in Hollywood again, which she actually ended up saying after all this drama, because I don't blame her. She's like, this if this what the, if this is what this is, I don't want it because mm -hmm. she doesn't need, and and that actually is what brought me to find out this whole other thing about her because. It's very bold to be like, I don't, actually, you know what? I don't want to do Hollywood anymore. Like, I just found mm -hmm. out who you were and you're already quitting Hollywood. Like, what must you be doing? And it's like, no, I'm actually like doing other stuff. Yeah. So that was what was interesting. I could be a politician. I could do yes. all this other stuff. I've already like, I'm an executive at a company. So I whatever. want to produce Okay, so what happened that brought her to this point? I will say the first thing that came out was the Ryan Murphy stuff, which was like, she kind of said, Ryan Murphy ghosted me on this project, which I have to say, this type of shit happens all the time. Not that it's not egregious because I will say Ryan Murphy being like, I'm going to make an all black woman um, se season of American Horror Story and then like just never do it is kind mm -hmm. of like, what the fuck? But this type of not answering an email or changing your mind or doing whatever, I'm sure that's pretty normal, right? I mean, how many times have everyone been ghosted on some like creative project that they've done? It fucking sucks, but it does happen. I'm sure it's normal. I'm sure it's more normal for her. I'm sure. And I also think that like, the dam broke here, right? This wasn't just some random story. This was like story after story after story piling up in the history of Angelica's career, specifically mm -hmm. her pose and American Horror Story career with Ryan Murphy, where she was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. And the new American Horror Story is premiering. And I'm sure she was pissed off that the new American Horror Story was just Emma Roberts and Kim Kardashian. I agree. And not this one that she proposed to Ryan Murphy, which was the all-black American horror story. The timing is kind of iconic. She yeah. waited until literally the premiere was like about yeah. to premiere, which I love. I mean, I have to say, like, she's smart. She said, she's like, <laughs> oh, this premiere date's coming up. Like, here we fucking go. Like, I'm I'm gonna like release some of my my kind of tea on this. Yeah. So she told some story about Ryan Murphy, not even just the stuff about him ghosting her, about wanting to make an all-black American horror story, but being unsupportive on set when she was, like, fearful because of protests that were happening, uh, like, around, I think it was the Pose set. And she was like, there's, like, a creepy guy who's doing, like, racist and sexist and misogynistic and generally disturbing protests outside the set. Will you do something about it? And he didn't. And then she tweeted about it and he got mad at her. And this was a while ago. Last week, I guess... She went on Instagram Live and told a story about Emma Roberts misgendering her and not just misgendering her, like sort of like pointedly and explicitly misgendering her instantly. I don't even think she said Emma Roberts in the original video, but people figured out that it was her very quickly. And 
Also, very quickly, Emma Roberts called her and apologized. And the reason we know that Emma Roberts called her and apologized is because Angelica Ross told us that that happened. And the apology, I think, was sort of lacking because she said exactly what she said. And it was a very kind of like defensive apology at first. But then they sort of ended on good terms. I love this line. She goes, the truth of the matter is, I know Emma's got big balls. I've seen them on set. I'm not surprised that she called me. This girl is no damsel in distress ever. So there was like this sort of like weird respect for Emma at the end of it. But it didn't change the fact that she was like, also, she did this thing that was awful. I'm allied with Angelica. If she want, if she forgives her, then I forgive her. Am I watching American Horror Story? No. That's the ultimate sucks. issue. No, it's bad. <laughs> but the thing that's like driving me crazy about the story and like the thing that's actually just like killing me and breaking my heart about the story is the fact that like the onus is still on Angelica Ross to do all this talking. Yeah. The onus is still on Angelica Ross to like risk this. Emma Roberts hasn't said cr- anything. Emma Roberts. What's crazy is this is giving more press for, I mean, even if it's bad press and as we know, all good, all press is good press at this point. Yeah. It's like giving press for this fucking show, which is like kind of actually annoying. I'm sure she, you know, I'm sure. Because the show really does Angelica, suck. That wasn't her point. But like, it is funny how this is giving pr- any press at all during mm-hmm. like kind of a, a dearth of press for it, for anything at all. Yeah. I did like she wrote, um, you tweeted that Emma Roberts called you to apologize for her behavior on set. How'd that go? It was a bumpy conversation. She apologized and she said, I hate that you walked away from our experience together feeling like that. I see in hindsight that what I did and how stupid that was. I am an ally. And I was like, no, you're not. If you can't call yourself an ally, allyship is an action. You need to be real with me in this conversation. I'm being real with you. You were being messy. She said, I hope that we can go move forward and fix this. I see you out there doing such great work. And I said, oh, so you see me? You see me talking about all the anti-blackness? Are you using your platform to amplify that work that I'm doing? No, you haven't. So what kind of ally are you? She was like, well, okay, there's more to be said here. I would love to support causes you support. Okay. So I hope she sends her a big check for her for her various companies that are actually doing good work. It is funny because you did offend somebody who does have places you can funnel your money to. (laughs) Yeah. And she probably is doing it. I just think that it's like, it's just so fucking depressing that Angelica is the one who has to do all of the heavy lifting publicly. Like, like the publicity, the The publicity burden relies on her because she's the less famous one. She's the marginalized one. And it's just like, she's not the one with the famous aunt and uncle. I just think it's one of those things where you, you read this on a surface level and it's like, okay, she spoke truth to power. She exposed all of this, like, bad behavior, all of this transphobia, X, Y, Z, in the upper echelons of like Hollywood, right? But the other thing about it that I think is sort of going unspoken is like, she's talking about how she's been through this her whole career. Like, this isn't her first time at the rodeo, like I said. I, I think it's so depressingly cool and admirable and notable that she's like, no, I have a backup plan. You know, like, I have spent my entire life knowing that as someone who's not a Nepo baby, when you're not a Nepo baby, when you're not white, when you're not a man, when you're not cis, when you're not any of these things, when you lose all of these like layers of privilege, you have to plan ahead and you have to plan for the future. For and sure. And so she's sort of saying, don't worry about me. Like, I know how this world works well enough to know that when... I get dumped on for any of these reasons having to do with who I am, what my identity is. I have to have a backup plan. I'm smart. I know how the game works. I'm the victim of the game more than Emma Roberts or Ryan Murphy is. Yes. Those types of people are. So it's like, I know that I have to have other skills. And 
these are my skills and I'm passionate about them and I want to, you know, help support women and trans people who wanted to get into coding or software engineering or whatever it is, entrepreneurial tech. The fact that that had to come from what I think, maybe I'm, maybe I'm making assumptions or projecting or something, but like the fact that that sort of like defensiveness and that sort of preparation comes from being in a marginalized group where you know that if you don't prepare, you are screwed is both really cool to me and inspirational to me, but it's also really fucking tragic. In the margins, it's a little tragic. And to be clear, when I said she's leaving Hollywood, she actually saw all of the press about her saying she's leaving Hollywood. And she said, she tweeted, somehow, even though I was very specific to the media outlets, still not, <laughs> yeah, somehow, yeah. even though I was very specific, the media outlets are still not capturing what I meant, but I say I'm leaving Hollywood. I'm moving to Georgia, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I am an EP on a couple unscripted shows and a feature film and plan to create content from Georgia with their tax credit for filming. Okay, great. So she's like, yeah. I'm physically leaving Hollywood, which is funny because in the past, people love physically this leaving Hollywood though. But it does a lot. I think it really does change your relationship to celebrity and like the and that work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think physically leaving LA is actually kind of a big thing. Yeah. I think it's also probably really good for you. <laughs> no, it's true. So she's like, I'm leaving Hollywood. I'm actually leaving this town and I'm still involved in some productions. I'm still involved in like the she's higher up, Georgia. More creative versions. Yeah. Right. And this happened yeah. recently. I forgot which actor said this fuck because this happens a lot actually where people say i'm leaving hollywood and people mean it people interpret it as like i'm leaving entertainment when a lot of people say i'm leaving hollywood they mean they're retiring from entertainment when other people say they're leaving hollywood they mean they're literally just leaving the place and gonna work in entertainment somewhere else and currently you can work in entertainment in a lot of places georgia being one of them they have great tax laws and so people love doing movie and tv productions in georgia and that's what she wants to do she also wants to run for office in georgia okay next call i want to be famous i love my helix mattress i love my helix pillow what else is there to say about helix i freaking love it What when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to say mad. is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix Rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders 
orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. How much of this same? Hi, um, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, let it be known that I am a little drunk and tried typing the number into my calculator at first. But um, you probably talked about Tay McCray. I feel like she's hooey enough that at some point she's been mentioned. But she has, like, a new song out, and all I'm – well, not all I'm seeing because she's not that big, but about her ex who's a hockey player, who is Cole something, and what was their relationship, and why is she now dissing him in a music video, and people are, like, gagged by it, um, showing Hole. Tate McRae's Canadian, so, of course, she dated a hockey player. Is that like what you do up there when you want to date you do. a athlete or whatever? I think you, you date, date hockey, hockey player? players when you live in Canada. I think that's a thing. Hotter than many sports stars. We do get calls. Why do we get calls about Tate McRae all the time? Why is that? Well, because she's like a new person that people don't know. It's also just like music people, or everyone's all like, I don't listen to any music. Who are these people on the charts? Mm. I've never heard of them. I think it's a more conducive to that reaction where you kind of get like, kind of mad about the fact that you don't know who Tate McRae is, but also mm-hmm. what she's like a TikTok or, or, or is having a moment because of TikTok, which is what every That's what it is. artist is pushing, even if they're a label artist from the start. She's a So You Think You Can Dance. That was where she came from. What's funny is like, we haven't talked about Tate McRae because I don't, I didn't know who she was until this music video or a clip from this music video came across my screen recently like very mm-hmm. recently like maybe within the past month or something and maybe we talked about her maybe she was like in one of those award categories like best new artist or something and maybe her name came up because I do think her name is kind of funny Tate McRae mm-hmm. like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very catchy it's a catchy name and there's a very late twins history to her career because she started on a reality show or she got she rose to prominence because of her appearance on a reality show. And then she started dancing for a lot of very famous people. Sure. And now she's parlayed that into a pop stardom. But a Canadian version of the reality show, don't forget. So not a reality show that Americans necessarily would have like would have watched. She was on the American So You Think You Can Dance. She was the first Canadian finalist on the American version of So You Think You Can oh, Dance. Oh, sorry. Wait. Okay. Then I'm wrong. Yeah. I thought she was just yeah. on the Canadian. It was actually I, different. So You Think You Dance. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. No, I'm then I'm wrong. Yes, people on the sh- people saw her. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the Canadian version of So You Think You Could Dance, which I guess doesn't exist. And then she said, but I also want to sing. And so it was very, don't make me sing, don't make me sing. I'm a dancer. But now she's a singer as well. But you know what is cool about that? I do feel like a lot of our modern pop stars who we love, love, love can't dance. And that's fine. I don't think all pop stars need to dance, despite us like kind of saying that they do repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Like, And then poor Dua Lipa has to like do a little dance and then everyone makes fun of her and is like she Mm -hmm. can't dance and it's like yeah she never said she could dance you just wanted her to like be a pop star and dance but she was not like I'm out here doing splits what's nice is when you have it from the reverse you know the dancing is already like on point oh like a Tiana Taylor when they're trained as a dancer first and then they then they are like oh I also can sing and then they sing sure J-Lo the classic example 
J-Lo being the first, mm-hmm. I think. Or Paula Abdul. Okay. Paula J-Lo. Abdul probably the first. Paula Abdul is the blueprint. I guess you're right. Yeah. But I think it's so funny because when I saw the music video, I will say, um, just to be honest, Tate McRae, not my, not my fave. Okay. I think a mm-hmm. little bit of a baby voice, not my fave vibes whatever it's fine i'm i think the song is enter- is good the songs are good but i'm not like obsessed with her voice but i saw the dancing and i was like okay this she's an this amazing cool. dancer for a pop yeah. star at this point because you know yeah. who also can dance Madison Ray. <laughs> mm-hmm. and everyone's like obsessed with that because as mm-hmm. you know she was first dancer same with like you know the Charlie D'Amelio of it all well that's I think that was the conversation around Normani too when she released Motivation it was like wow the pop star who dances is kind of back mm-hmm. that vintage pop girly who's a dancer in the same breath that she's a singer is back because we've spent so long kind of without that you know yes but I also think Beyonce and let's say Britney were brought up in a time where you had like the boot camp. So you learned yeah, to dance as to. you were singing. So you kind of had to do it all together from when you're young versus like, let's say like. Uh, it's Dua Lipa, like, Ariana Grande, where it's like there's no dance. Sure. Or like <laughs> Celine, Celine Dion, where like she they focus on the voice and they and and when she was becoming a pop star, it wasn't like about dancing, too, because we did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like pop music. It was more like balladeer, ballad, balladeer, ball, ballads or whatever. Ballads, yeah. I don't know Power what balladeer ballads. is. Yeah, yeah. Like so she wasn't like being told, oh, you also have to like learn how to do a split. So that's why I think like Britney and such a good was such a good dancer and also, you know, all these other stars that grew up in like the same system as them. And then we got too used to that, you know. Who doesn't dance? Taylor Swift doesn't really dance in videos. Katy Perry doesn't really dance in videos. No, no, no. And so once we got out of that Adele, system, she's the not Disney dancing? system. Right. So it's like then we had a bunch of girlies who didn't dance. And now and now all of us are like, we miss the dancing girls, whatever, et cetera. And Rihanna like, famously doesn't dance. <laughs> it's like, And you know what? Great. She shouldn't. No, Half exactly. These girls should not dance. I'm just saying the, the pendulum can't dance, is swinging don't. back. Yeah. No, and I and I agree with you, right? Like the pendulum is swinging back, so that's why I think we're all like loving a girl who's. Mm, I would say her voice isn't the strongest, but I think that's kind of okay. Timmy called her; she's an indie pop girly who sings with the avocados and bananas voice. You know, like avocados mm-hmm. and bananas. Mm-hmm. Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. She does have like kind of like a baby voice, mm-hmm. which is. Ven- Fine, baby voices but- are kind of trendy these days also that's sort of like <sighs> well everyone's doing like the Billie Eilish but I do think that Billie Eilish actually has a much better voice than is she's soft but she has like yeah a much better voice it's than- also I think Timmy put this in here it's unfair to lol excuse me it's unfair to Ishbol at these sorts of websites no. which are clearly written with AI but I have to read it anyway Cole Sillinger was drafted 12th overall in 2021 by the Columbus Blue Jackets and has been in the NHL since then. Sillinger made his NHL debut during the 2021-2022 season and has skated in 143 games over two seasons. Although he is making a name for himself, he has also gone viral for his girlfriend. (laughs) Like, AI didn't write. That's funny, but like, a robot wrote that. That's giving robot. Okay, so this girly dated a hockey player and then like wrote songs about him, which is so cool. And, and then wrote a breakup song very, about it. Very yeah. Olivia Rodrigo style, confessional music. And then mm-hmm. like 
they broke up and so now people are kind of like obsessed with that or like that's the that's part of the narrative i mean it helps that this girl's best friends with olivia rodrigo so everyone's kind of taking a page out of her playbook which is mm-hmm. also the oldest play and playbook in time like it's fleetwood mac vibes right here you know like writing music about your ex and like then everyone knows who your ex is and being open yeah. about who that is is not new right and yeah. but i was laughing because it's like her video literally is her riding a zamboni and dancing with a with a glove on the like hockey glove and the big shorts which is cute we've never had like hockey themed pop star before <laughs> i guess we haven't I guess we haven't. I was looking at, I was trying to find like more information about their breakup. Make, and I think. Make hockey sexy. I think their breakup is a rumor at this point. I don't think either side has confirmed it. But I think that like it stands to reason that they are probably broken up. But I found this Dumois blind from a few months ago that said, subject, cheating. I have reason to believe this B-list singer's NHL boyfriend cheated on her while they were in a relationship. He was Aww. DMing girls, very flirty messages. And I was like, okay, so I guess this is about Tate McGray and what's his name? Cole Sillinger. The number Uh of girlies who are dating NHL players is apparently much higher than I realized because the comments are like, this is definitely Dixie D'Amelio and Trevor Zagross. And then someone else is like, I think it's Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher who's in the NHL. And someone else goes, I think it's Tate McRae and Cole Sillinger. So hockey players are sort of in right now. Three girls dating hockey players. Yeah. Well, if you're Canadian, that's like the highest honors to date a hockey player. So I do feel like because she's Canadian, but Carrie Underwood isn't Canadian. Carrie Underwood and, um, is a Canadian. What's her face? Who else did they list? And well, they're married also. Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher. Right. I just forgot that he was a hockey right. player. He looks like a hockey I, player, I gotta say. Hockey players are hot. Yeah. They're hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just realizing, you know who Tate McRae really looks like? Sorry to bring her up again, but Kristen Cavallari. This pic of her with Olivia Rodrigo or with Maude Apatow and that other girl. And she looks like she's giving, mm-hmm. she's giving Kristen Cavallari face. Kristen Cavallari face. So we didn't even say what our most popular song is, which is You Broke Me First. And why are we talking okay. about her now? Is it because the because of the new album? No, but because Greedy, the song with where she dances in the in the catcher's mitt, the hockey catcher's mitt or whatever you call it, Greedy, oh, yeah. um, is like going virally for enough for at least me to on see TikTok. it and the caller to see it mm-hmm. on TikTok. Or like and it came out like two is, weeks ago. Which is what, which is definitely like planted by the, I think at this point is planted by her, her label. It's all planted. Because the labels now can, you know, the labels now can can game TikTok. And TikTok is is actively accepting offers for labels to play them or pay them to play them. Pay to play. It's like radio. It's radio all over again. Oh, she's RCA. Okay. But you know, it's like radio now. It's like TikTok yeah. is pay to play like radio is and was mm-hmm. and always was. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right? Okay. I think that's it. Cool. Um, let's do some rapid fire things. Hey, LBT, a uh, long time, long time. Excuse my voice. I feel like being sick or something. But, okay, all this Menendez, Senator, Senator Menendez, I should say, drama, um, has me thinking, like, being a senator make you a them? I'm so stupid. You probably don't play this at all. But, like, I knew nothing about this man, and I'm, like, a reasonably, like, I listen to podcasts about politics and shit. I had no idea. Like, I mean, I knew, like, in theory, there's a second... Uh, U.S. Senator from New Jersey because every state has two, but like I did not know his name. Uh, and then I'm like, also like I know who Cory Booker is, but I was just like, he's kind of the way like he like was dating a Hollywood actress, right? Um, but like then there's like Elizabeth Warren, who I was like, is a them, like Mitt Romney, them, right? Little people laptop, being brief. Love you. Bye. Unfortunately, I think the answer to the question, does a being a senator make you a them, is no. 
right? No. Yeah, because like name a senator. <laughs> no, I mean, name like a senator that's not your senator, right? Like Exactly. Right? Or name a senator that's not always on television. Name a senator who's not your senator or name a senator who's not always on television. Exactly. It's like, can you name both New York senators? You can. Why are you asking me to do that? <laughs> Why are you asking me to name the New York senators Chuck Schumer and Kristen Gillibrand? <laughs> there you go. But can you name other senators? It's like, eh, probably not. I think the answer is no. Know your own senators. Your own senators should be themmy. You can name your senator because when everyone says, like, call your senator, you should know who to be calling. Because mm-hmm. you're calling them all the time, right? Yeah. Just send kidding. me emails. I'm calling. But I don't think that you should need to know other people's senators necessarily. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, they do something silly, which is like, then you know about them. That's the thing about politicians in general. I think I think you should only be expected to be a demi politician to your actual constituents. Yeah. And otherwise, if you are a them senator, that means that you are either on television all the time, you do a lot of media, or you fucked up in some way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. It's true. Like, I know your name if you, like, did something illegal or stole money. Well, that's illegal, too. Or, like, did something embarrassing or, like, mm-hmm. or you're either soup or you're super conservative in a way that is, like, actually, like, really fucked up. Then I'll know who you are, too, mm-hmm. usually. Or right? you dated Rosario Dawson. Then I'll know who you are. Or you fucking dated Rosario Dawson. If you date a celebrity, then I'm going to know who you are too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just got a notification that Reba McIntyre is joining The Voice. Um, is this going to make me watch The Voice? Also, Reba McIntyre, who are them? Crunch, crunch. You answered your second question, Reba McIntyre, who are them, with your first question, which was, is Reba McIntyre being on The Voice going to make me watch The Voice? She's doing exactly what the show wanted her to do, which is add a certain themmy luster to The Voice now that what's-her-name is gone. Who is gone? Who did she replace? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. (laughs) So I think that she is a them. Right? One, two, three, them. Yes. And that's why they hired her. The them. Yeah. And we all know the voice can pull thems at this point. It's a huge Mm -hmm. show. Who else is on it? It's like Niall now. John Legend. Well, I was watching it last night, but I when I thought something really interesting was happening, which is the the casting of Niall is so wise because Niall is weirdly extremely good at this type of show like mm-hmm. it, like they found like a Blake Shelton-y type guy and then kind of did this bit where Blake Shelton was like this is my new this is my new like mentee like he is me like we all in this we all the mm-hmm. same and then like now that he left that was a bad accent then he left Niall's kind of like I'm the new Blake Shelton but like as a gag which actually really works because he kind of does have a little bit of that swag, which like mm-hmm. I never liked Blake Shelton and I don't like his music actually for the most part. Mm-hmm. But on The Voice, he really redefined himself. And Niall has that. And it's really yeah. interesting because I don't think like most singers don't have that. And a lot of people who went on The Voice did not have that and they kind of like filtered them out. But he really is like quite good. I love him. I'm, I'm very, um, I know you love, you've always loved him the most. I know, he's always been my favorite. So right now we have Niall, Gwen is still there somehow by the grace of God, John Legend and Reba McIntyre. I think they're all thems on that show. So Niall, Gwen, John, Reba, all thems on The Voice. This is yeah. The Voice. What happened to Chance the Rapper? Wasn't he on there for a little bit? He was. And he was good too. 
They do a good job casting that show. I think that show really can do a lot for your career. Remember, it like brought Christina Aguilera back from the dead. Oh, they're bringing dead, Chance you know back I mean? for the next season too. So he just took a little okay. break. He took a little break okay. this time. They they cycle them in and out, which is interesting, so that the so that the celebs can like go do stuff. They're also bringing Dan and Shay in next week, next year too. That's it'll be Dan well, and Shay, be... Reba, Chance the Rapper, and John Legend, and then Niall. Okay, won't I have be to say that's season. that's too much country music. What's good about the show is when they balance the genres. That's too much country. Dan and Shay and and Reba, we don't need them both. They're Sorry. stacking the court. <laughs> There's a lot of whatever. Don't get me into the voice. Like I can't believe I watched the voice. Hi, Weekly. Um, I'm just watching Roni, and a commercial just came on um, for DHL. It's like, but it's like a Coldplay DHL um, collaboration about like sustainable shipping or something. And that got me thinking that what are the who's and them's or rank from who to them shipping services? DHL, FedEx, UPS. I don't know if you have USPS in there too, but like, is DHL of them? I would just love, just love to know your thoughts. Um, ball needs gravity. Bye. The ranking you made, the ranking you put here in the doc, I think is right. Okay. Wow. I didn't even mean to do that. You think that UPS is higher than USPS? You think UPS is higher than United States Postal Service? Because UPS is international. I think it's just so themy. That's why I almost want to put FedEx over USPS. Because the United States Postal Service is not them enough for you? The United States Postal Service is not them enough for you. I'm sorry. Where does Tom Hanks work in Castaway? FedEx, not USPS. Where did Wilson get delivered? FedEx box, not a USPS box. Makes it more international. I think it's, I actually think it's UPS, FedEx, USPS, DHL, who is so random. And I know you put LaserShip on here. LaserShip almost doesn't even deserve to be here. I fucking hate LaserShip. You want to not get a package? You want to not receive your package? Get a shipped LaserShip. Make sure LaserShip gets it for you. It's, I mean, they, it's almost like they hate packages. <laughs> they, their tagline should be, we hate delivering packages because they never deliver them. Uh, there was a really good expose on LaserShip. Where was it? It was somewhere. It was like a really good story about like how LaserShip works. And it was about like how Amazon completely reshaped the delivery industry and how, of course, they made of it course. very toxic. And of course, like they treat their employees terribly, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm sure there's a lot of issues on every sort of delivery service, but let's rank them again. Okay. Well, they still suck. Sorry. LaserShip still sucks. Okay. So you say that it is... I think UPS is at the top. I think UPS is just like, that's shipping. UPS. Okay. Then... You think FedEx is next? I think so. I am always going to the UPS store and not the post office because I'm like, I don't want to go to the post office, but I'm always going to the UPS store for some reason. FedEx has the fucking arrow in the logo. And when you see that arrow in the logo for the first time, you're like, damn. Damn. No, but USPS is kind of iconic. Is that just like a U is that just a United States bias? They're just bigger brands. FedEx, sure. US UPS, big brands. USPS, sort of a flop. Okay, just stop. <laughs> sort of a flop. <laughs> They've always got some flop postmaster general who's like flopping stuff up. I went to mail something yesterday and I was like shocked at how expensive it was. Mailing stuff is crazy now. Mailing crazy stuff is expensive. crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy how expensive it is to mail stuff. Like you, if it's not a letter, good luck, bitch. You're not <laughs> ma- you want to mail something? I'm mailing stuff that's not even worth what I spend to mail it half the mm-hmm. time. Actually, most of the time. I spent mm-hmm. less on the thing than the mailing to get it there. Mm-hmm. 
it's just so it's so crazy you know it, it encourages you it like it sucks because it makes you not want to mail stuff and the fun and it's really fun to mail stuff to people it's crazy to me that it is cheaper ostensibly when you buy something to have to buy something and have it shipped to the person versus buying something in real life and then shipping it to somebody. Like that to me is so frustrating because it's so nice to buy something in real life, think of somebody and send it to them versus mm-hmm. if I'm you know, having to go buy somebody a gift, I go online, I'm searching for the thing and then I send it to them. That's mm-hmm. less expensive in the long run because you're not yeah. thinking about like the, sh- the shipping and the shipping bulk is probably shipping less costs, because it's being, yeah, yeah bulk is a lot less. It's just, it's, a, it's so frustrating you're reciting our ship station ad accidentally you know I mean, you're I'm kind of reciting our ship station ad abs- accidentally. anyways it was frustrating yeah do you remember this commercial that's very iconic to me and it's one of those things that i think about all the time maybe once a month at least the post 9-11 usps commercial do you remember this no it was i believe specifically designed to make people comfortable with the post office again after 9-11 and the anthrax scares. Oh, I was like, why were we uncomfortable with the post office? Okay, we were scared of getting, like, we were scared of getting powders in the mail or whatever. And it was like, let's start sending mail again. I will say, aside from powders, you millennials hate opening mail. We have a huge problem with mail. This was their commercial. This celebrated postal workers and made them a symbol of American determination. This was a Mm minute-long commercial that aired all the time in late 2001 early 2002 and i was obsessed with it because i loved this song (laughs) for obvious reasons but anytime this commercial came on i would be like staring at the tv not blinking because i loved it so much you i'll I'll just play the music and i think you'll remember this commercial yes i do (laughs) i do it starts with still images of them being like we're proud we keep america going the beat drops, and then they're like, putting the mail in the trucks, putting the mail in the conveyor belts, taking the mail to the houses, taking the mail to the mailboxes, taking the mail all around the country. And it's like, slay, I want to work for the USPS. It's some of the best propaganda I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Wait, they're having so much fun working for the I post know. Office. It made me want to be a postman. Oh, my God. And they're wearing those cute little hats. I want to wear a hat like that. What's also funny is I'm so like 2023 pilled that I'm seeing United States Postal Service pride and I'm about to I'm thinking oh it's like a gay it's like gay rights no. like it's going to be a gay rights that's going to be like LGBTQ plus people love the post office like mailing is gay or whatever but it's literally just pr- being proud to work for the post office not pride mm-hmm. in the in the now sense yeah. Do you know what I mean Yeah this commercial is such a slay one of my favorite commercials of all time such a sleigh. Wow. Who is made by Gray? Gray. Okay, sleigh. Love that. Made by Gray. Mm-hmm. Pride is a 60-second TV spot created in just three weeks that uses sepia-toned still photographs, color footage, and well-known words of the USPS motto and the music of Carly Simon <laughs> and no dialogue to bring the spirit, dedication, and humanity of U.S. postal workers to life. Problem. Shortly after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, anthrax was sent to prominent Americans through the U.S. mail, killing five people, including postal service, oh including God. postal workers. Postal employees and the public alike were concerned about mail safety. Raising the morale of postal workers and restoring public confidence quickly and effectively was crucial. I'm sorry, it's me vibes to show up to like an advertising agency and they're like, how do we make people excited about the post office again? And I'm like, the Carly, Carly Simon song from Simon. Working Girl. And they're like, <laughs> Bobby, you are slaying. Simon. Bobby, you are slaying. No, I think that that is really interesting that we had to make Postal Service people slay again. And I will say, I do think that 
a postal, a United States Postal Service person could literally stomp on my most beautiful item and I still would be like, slay, like mm-hmm. go, go off, like mm-hmm. do your, do that. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. how like I do admire postal, postal workers. I feel the exact opposite about postal workers as I feel about cops. Yes. Like when I see a postal worker putting mail in a hole, I'm like, you are a god among men. I do. I, I really do feel that way. I really do feel like that. You are a god. Every time I see a postal I'm worker, like, like yes. pushing an apartment buzzer, like, I'm like, you have to do this all day, like, push apartment buzzers and try desperately to get into the vestibule, like, absolute <laughs> royalty. That's what I feel. I'm like, next time I see a postal worker with a big thing of stuff, I'm going to go, let the river run. That's what I'm going to say. It's all about branding. It really is all about branding. And it's all about Carly Simon. It's all about Carly Simon. You know what I hate? That song isn't on Spotify. Thank God I have Why? the MP3. It's not? No, it's not. What happened? Carly said no? Right. Carly said, I'm not putting Let the River Run on Spotify. What? It's, so I'm the a, younger generation God, doesn't know Let the River Run? No. The only version that's there is like the live version. Oh, and it's spelled River Run as one word in this, which yeah. is weird. It's like, a, it's like not a sleigh at all. Okay, this song, it's not good, this version. Let the river run Let all the dreamers wake the nation So the new generation does not know Let the River Run. I literally have the Working Girl soundtrack on CD so that I could rip the MP3. I bought it for like two bucks somewhere at some thrift store. I was like, well, I need this because I can't get this anywhere. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody made the Working Girl soundtrack, uh, like, or it's on here, and it's grayed out. It's grayed out. It's yeah. grayed out. You can't hear, looking through Catherine's house, the Scar instrumental, or mm-hmm. Let the River Run. You can, mm-hmm. for some reason, hear Let the River Run by the St. Thomas Choir of Men and Boys. Not the same. You can hear I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters. That also, that's, in, that's there. Is that when she gets the job? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Working Girl in so long. Why am I on mute? What are you doing? You're not on mute. I'm just listening to the St. Thomas Choir of Men and Boys sing Let the River Run. I'm sorry. They don't slay. That's a flop. They don't slay. You need Carly in her giant mouth to sing (laughs) Let the River Run. You're not going to get as good projection. Her mouth is huge. That's why she's such a good singer. That's why she's a good singer. She's a huge mouth. And no one wants to talk about that. Everyone's making fun We're of Miley Cyrus for having a huge mouth. We're not ready to have that conversation. <laughs> Everyone's making fun of Miley Cyrus for having a huge mouth. Honey, honey, why do you think she's such a good singer? And why do you think her teeth are big? Because they got to be in the big mouth. They got to fill up the big mouth. And that's all I'll say about that. Let that woman have good teeth. Okay. Carly Simon's mouth. I just Googled Carly Simon's mouth. <laughs> it's huge. It's a huge mouth. Carly Simon, Singers Celebrity big- Bite. What Carly Simon lacks in talent, she makes up for with an enormous teeth and jaw. As the daughter of the co-founder of Simon & Schuster, I'm sorry, she's the Simon of Simon & Schuster? How did no one Wait, tell no, me this? Wait, no, she's not. No, she's not. Carly Simon Wait, she... is Simon & Schuster Simon? Wow, no Nepo babies. way. Nepo babies have been around for so long. Are you kidding me? How did I not know that? Oh my God, she mm. is. That's so fucked mm-hmm. up. Her father is Richard mm-hmm. Simon. That's so crazy that Carly Simon's an Epo baby. Singers with big mouths. Steven Tyler. Carly Carly Simon. Simon, Mick Jagger, huge mouth. 
Okay. Who else? I don't know. I'm looking find out at the... that Carly Simon was the child of Simon and Schuster Simon by Googling Carly Simon Big Mouth. <laughs> big Mouth. Yeah. Okay. People also ask, who is the rock singer with the big mouth? And guess what the answer is? Steven Tyler. It's Steven Tyler. Everyone's like Steven Tyler has a big mouth. He does. What do you think the themiest Carly Simon songs are? You're so vain. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. You think that's it? I would say nobody does it better as up there as a as a. Oh, oh yes, of course, of course, sure, yes. But I would say "You're So Vain" is like number one because it had the whole like it was the original Taylor Swiftian mm-hmm. pop song. Who's this about? Who's about? Who's about? Who is it? But you know what? We she did such a good job because she dragged it out for a hundred years. Taylor Swift could never. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, we'd have to figure it out immediately. Carly Simon, that mystery was just. I don't even really know who it is. Mm-hmm. Didn't she finally say it's Warren Beatty? She finally said that, right? Yeah. She finally, she kind of finally let it up. And she you know like, what? Mm. She, it, it, yeah. She said it and whatever. But also yeah. because it's been so long, there's so many different names that you don't even really know the truth. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the Alanis Morissette song. Like it all blended together. Mm-hmm. You know what other song is, Themi? Because of the commercial anticipation. What, what ad was that in? Oh, Coke or something? You're making me wait. Oh, Antis. It was, oh, what, what ad was that in? Oh, that was such <laughs> a good ad too. Ketchup. Ketchup. It was ketchup. Because it couldn't come out of the bottle. Because it couldn't yes. come out of the bottle. Okay. Oh, my so God. Carly Simon's, okay, so Carly Simon's work has been featured in, like, two iconic ads. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What about Coming Around Again? Pretty good no, song. that's not a them song. Okay. Okay, Carly Simon, we did it. We did it, nobody asked. We did it, nobody asked for the Does Carly Schuster Simon have a them songs, baby but we child? did it. Oh my god! Can Do you we stop? Think? I'm trying to end. I'm literally trying to end the episode, so it's because it's over two hours. I'm cutting so much of this. So thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling at six one nine Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for Chaotic. our Friday Chaotic show. Support us on Patreon.com/slash Weekly for bonus episodes, a Discord server, commentary tracks, and more. You can also get the audio only, audio only in the Apple Podcasts app. Just click subscribe. Thanks to Katie and Eric of the Who's for our read a theme song on Tuesdays. And thanks to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Again, we'll see you Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. No, I think that that is really interesting that we had to make postal service people slay again. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. This is neither here nor there, but I didn't realize all these celebrities were claiming their phone fell to the bottom of the sea. My grandpa recently did that because he didn't want to pay for his phone anymore. He wanted a different phone or something, so he told Verizon that he had that his own old phone fell out of his boat while he was fishing, which was not true. And in his words, he said, "How can they charge me for something that's at the bottom of the sea?" And I can't believe it's a thing. Anyway, I'm sure I'm calling. Bye. This is specifically for Bobby. I am calling you from Lincoln Center, where I have seen Justine, Eva Murray, and Ian Hawke. And not a single living soul I know would care that I saw them at the ballet. And you're the only one I know. So I'm calling you if we're friends to tell you that. Okay. Crunch, crunch. Hi. I'm calling to answer Bobby's listener poll about consensual sex with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I am a happily married gay woman. Uh, and I would definitely, definitely take the opportunity, probably for journalism, like Lindsay said, but also just because, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Why not?
Let's see what what's the fuss about. Okay. Crunch crunch. Showing hole. I called today just to offer you this question from people.com. Um, is a pink concert the right place for a protest regarding circumcision? Now, we all know that pink is a them, but I'm curious. Uh, circumcision protest, who or them? Showing hole. Hi, BLT, long time, long time. Um, I was listening to Every Outfit podcast. Uh, with Chelsea Fairless and Lauren Garoni, and someone called in and signed off Crunch Crunch. So I just wanted to say hello to that person and happy we're in the Venn diagram together. Yeah. Tim Tebow lesbian. I have to know, did that girl who connected on Tinder with the guy and she called him Daddy Warbucks, did she call him that because he was rich or because he was bald? Showing hole. Okay, picture this. A zoomer with a lot of muscles does something stupid. And you go, ha-ka-ka-ka-ka-ka, poop, poop. Okay, Popeye. Crunch, crunch. Hey, I um hate. Why do I call so much when I always fucking suck at it? I don't know what I'm